You are listening to Black Sports 980. Welcome back. It's Black Sports, BOK Sports. This is your host, Laws. We in the building. Uh, got a lot of stuff on tap today. Talking the greatest of all time. Talking NBA playoffs. Talking uh, the whole bunch of stuff, young. Um, for starters, though, yeah, have y'all ever... Uh, well, we can. it'll actually go into our, our discussion about Muhammad Ali. But uh, y'all ever heard of this dude, Michael Savage, yeah? He's like a radio talk host or whatever. Don't let the liberal like, media uh, tell like right you wing Republican how Bama. Frank can feel. If you have hate in your heart, let it out. Yeah, the Bama's super OC, dog. I, I actually listen to him on the radio. And if he's on the radio every day, young, I fear for the, the stability of our country, dog. Because this Bama was saying... Harold. He... Yeah. If you look at his face, you would never pay attention to his face. <laughs> Just pull up a picture of him and look at him and everything will fall into place. Dog, young, this man was on the radio bashing Obama. That young, of course, he's a he's an avid uh, supporter for uh, Donald Trump. And he just... He just stands for everything that needs to be broken down in this country. Like, where would I start? Well, first of all, they're lazy, good-for-nothing tricksters, crack-smoking swindlers, big butt-having, wide-nose breathing all the white man's air. Trump was just a rude awakening. Like, I, I didn't even, you know, this is the type of people who have a platform in America, and they just really uphold the the old system. Of how things operate and work, and I just, John was just really disheartening to me, just hearing it. But I mean, it is what it is. But nonetheless, Muhammad Ali. What's gonna happen when you meet Smokey Joe? And I said Joe's gonna come out smoking, and I ain't gonna be joking. I'll be pecking and a poking, pouring water on his smoking. Then this might shock and amaze you, but I will destroy Joe Frazier. Some people say, you better watch Joe Frazier. He's awful strong. I said, tell him to try band roll on. Um, and his legacy. And the thing is, like, of course, everybody liked Muhammad Ali and or, or, or had positive things to say about Muhammad Ali. But young Muhammad Ali really went against the grain and was like, I, I mean, a unique athlete because he was so outspoken on everything. You know what I'm saying, and I think you know if we had who 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 could we can who is like Muhammad Ali that we have today? Because I don't I don't really see any any athletes that embody what Muhammad Ali embody as an athlete. It's, it's no it's it's nobody, and certainly not consistent consistently. Like there are times where you know we will have athletes they'll speak up on certain stuff um, but not like all of the issues I mean and should they if they don't know about them not necessarily um, I mean it's just it's no different than you know everybody kind of participates in what their interests lie or where their interests lie so um, there's n- there are people like I said who, who speak up on things uh, from time to time um, like we've seen LeBron do it in the past um, uh, I know Richard Sherman's done done but like they don't constantly 
do it or consistently do it. But yeah, there's no there's no Muhammad Ali, um, you know, in this time. And then it, on top of that, it's just a different time. Um, like as as blacks, we still have um, you know issues and things to fight for, um, but nothing on the level of civil rights um, like you know you were dealing with back then. Um, so it's 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 a little bit different. Anybody else have thoughts? I mean, I, I personally. I think that, you know, Muhammad Ali, it, it, you know, I watched a documentary on him to like, you know, really over his life and stuff a little while back. And just seeing how, like, you know, he was convicted enough to actually change his name because, you know, his name was Cassius Clay. And then he shed that name to take on Muhammad Ali. But like even during that time, the disrespect that was still like they used to just still call him Cassius Clay, like. You know what I'm saying? The announcers and stuff like that. And just cold disrespect the man name. And, you know, and uh, it was just, you know, seeing him, like, really stand up for himself and really stand up for black people and really, you know, um, uplift the culture. Black people must do something for themselves and not always beg white people to move in the neighborhoods, but clean their own neighborhoods. It was just, you know, very impressive in the, in the circumstances and the times that he that he grew up in because, you know, now, I, I mean, he was willing to even sacrifice or put himself in a place, you know, of discomfort and a place of maybe not having in order to, like, pave the way for, for others or, you know, stand up for what he believed in. And that, I mean, you just don't see that nowadays very much. Um, the money has changed things so, uh, you know, so drastically as far as uh, um, what they were back then. Like, a lot of athletes we know don't speak up as well because they probably don't want to jeopardize their endorsements or and they don't want to ruffle the feathers. And so they kind of say, you know, let me take my 10 million or whatever, and I'm going to just, like, be cool. Keep like, it, keep it moving. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm not interested in, you know, changing the world or making the world a better place. Like, I'm just going to worry about my family, and that's what it is. And so that's what a lot of them do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's true. Yeah, that's true. I, I didn't, you know, Muhammad Ali... I guess he's not really in my time because I'm not old. I'm not old enough to really, I guess, appreciate what he did because when he last, even like when he last, his last fight was like in '81. Like that was just getting off a of par formula back then. So I didn't really get to appreciate Muhammad Ali and what he did as a as a boxer or even as just as as a person. But the one thing I always respect, he you know what what he stood for. He didn't shy away for speaking his mind and what he stood for and um, no matter who he made uncomfortable because when I watch some of the interviews you know with with you know with white people he'll say anything and anything he doesn't say it disrespectfully either mm. but he just says yeah. it like you know spoke his mind right and he and he's in the way he says it he lets them know and he can tell it makes them very uncomfortable what he's saying especially during that time and uh, but for him that didn't bother him at all you know what I'm saying? So, and then of course him not, you know, he didn't believe in that Vietnam war. So, you know, at the time he decided not to, you know, they tried to draft him. He was I'm like, not no, gonna I help nobody. Get something my Negroes don't have. If I'm gonna die, I'll die now right here fighting you. Right. You my enemy. 
mining is a white people, not Viet Congs or Chinese or Japanese. You my opposer when I want freedom. You my opposer when I want justice. You my opposer when I want equality. You won't even stand up for me in America for my religious beliefs, and you want me to go somewhere and fight, but you won't even stand up for me here at home. You can put me in jail. You can do what you want, but I'm not fighting in a war that I don't believe in. We shouldn't have been in Vietnam anyways, but that's neither here nor there. But the point is, he, you know what I'm saying? He spoke what he stood for. He didn't shy away from it. And and like Jeff said, now it's a little different because the sport is so driven now by by money um, and endorsements that you're not going to get a whole lot of athletes Message. saying these type of things. I mean, I can only imagine what if Muhammad Ali lived in this time with the way he was back then. With they would hate media. him. They would hate him, though. <laughs> they would hate him. First of all, you gotta you gotta realize one of the hot topics that we have, be, be, along with racial, you know, tension, is like Muslims. Like the country, this country, United States of America, has always had like an underlying hostility towards Muslims, and it's still prevalent today. On a you know, what I'm saying it, it has not gone away. And at that time, you know, the nation of Islam was, you know, the uh, like the premier threat to United States government and, you know, the, the systems that were in place because they were actually advocating for, you know, black lives. And, you know what I'm saying? So if Muhammad Ali was here, he would be a part of Black Lives Matter and he would be instrumental in, in that movement. And along with, like, you know, really speaking out against anything that, that talks bad about Muslims or whatever. And, and I think even like... Even uh, from the standpoint of just saying Muslims, like when you say that, there's so much that goes along with that. Like, you know what I'm saying? There's so many like ideologies and ideas that go along with that. Just just saying that alone. And I think that, you know, the United States has cultivated a negative outlook on just Muslims in, in general. Like it's just a negativity that surrounds it, you know, and I, I, I know you know, just watching the documentary, but Muhammad Ali, he was always trying to break down the lies that were like put, you know what I'm saying? Like there was a lot of lies, a lot of stereotypes around the nation of Islam. And he was always trying to break those things down. And so to have him in this day and age, just taking all the lies that, you know, are said about these different ethnic groups or, you know, um, you know, people in general, he would be trying to break those down and, Especially with the, all the money that the athletes get paid and stuff like now, and how the owners really try to railroad the athletes. We always talk about that. I'm sure that if if uh, Muhammad Ali was you know an athlete in this day and age, he would even be speaking against that too. And really, you know, I, we uh, Jeff mentioned Richard Sherman, but I think like he'd be Richard Sherman to the tenth power. You know what I'm saying? Richard Sherman says controversial things and calls out the league and does little stuff like that. But um, you know, I, I can only imagine what Muhammad Ali would be doing. I don't I, I don't I don't see us having another athlete like him um for for a long time, young. I, I just don't think people in general, you know, let alone athletes, are willing to make the sacrifice in order to put themselves in a, in a uh, you know, an unfavorable light to the to the masses. I mean, we talk about LeBron too, always trying to like save face with everybody, you know, not wanting to be the villain. Uh, I feel like Muhammad Ali, he didn't even care if he was the villain. Like it's like whatever, like you can make me the villain. You know what I'm saying? I'll be the villain or I'll be the hero. You know, whatever. 
Like he just really didn't care about, you know, how people perceived him or thought about him and stuff like that. Rest in peace to Muhammad Ali, the greatest of all time. Uh, what, what Emma Smith say? Float, float like a, uh, float like a bee, sting like a butterfly. What do he say? Float like a butterfly, sting like a bee. This thing uh, like a butterfly, float like a bee. There'll never be another Muhammad. Don't listen to this. He's an idiot. Hold on. That's what you got to say. He's an idiot. What do you say? What do you say? Sting like a butterfly, float like a bee. Rest in peace, Muhammad Ali. Or something like that. Oh, wow. That baby wouldn't hit that baby. I don't even know. Yeah, how you allow yourself in your head to say that? Like, as you saying it, you got to correct yourself. Like, right. that's one of them type of joints. Last night, the uh, Cavaliers, they uh, resurrected from the dead and was able to get a game uh, in this series versus the Golden State Warriors. Uh, for the most part, Kyrie Irving was the one who really showed up in this game and really, really put in work offensively for them. J.I. Smith showed up too. Um, Tristan Thompson was really big uh, on the on the on the rebounding last night, and the Cavaliers won by thirty. Uh, does this mean anything, or was this just uh, like uh, one of them? You know, I mean, Steve Kerr was very critical of the Golden State Warriors and saying they didn't come to play. Uh, watching the game, of course, the bench the bench was really doing work for Golden State. And every time the bench sat down and the starters came back in, you saw like the tables turn. But does this don't even mean anything? Like, is the is the are the, are the Golden State Warriors in trouble now because the Cavaliers won a game, or is this just Stern's orders or, or what? <laughs> there you go, because. Cause I mean, when I saw the spread on the Vegas spread, I, I was just thinking Stern's orders. I'm that's all. I'm that's my point of view. You know what I'm saying? I let Jeff go. I let the aficionado go first, and then uh, you know. Go ahead, Jeff. What does this mean? Anything? What has the, has the tables turned? What's up? Uh, nah. I mean, I would I would say it means anything. Uh, like I think far too often. I mean, I'm, I'm gonna call us the media right now, even though we're not in the truest sense. But like, like people like watching it from the media standpoint, or even the fans, like you, you kind you tend to put a lot of stock in stuff like this. But you know, all that that's really taking place is the Cavs won on their home floor, and they have another game. And if they win that game, then you know you can discuss it. You know, being a series. Like me personally, I say Golden State in seven. So. Um, it's on schedule to do that <laughs> if if Golden State, I mean, if uh, the Cavs win game two. And so, like, it doesn't mean anything on the scale for, for Golden State. Like, like they should be worried or something. I mean, obviously, they just came off uh, blowing out uh, the Cavs the, pr- the previous two games. Um, what they need to, to figure out, or Steph needs to figure it out himself, is, you know, like, if he can't play, which he's been playing, I mean, I, I know he's injured. We all know that. That goes without saying. But he's out on the court. It's no excuse. So he has to figure out how to, you know, regain that energy that he used over the last three games of that OKC and, you know, whatever treatment he needs to get. He just needs to be more aggressive. So that's the one thing at Golden State I would I would kind of have my eye on, not necessarily be worried about. But as far as them losing by 30, it doesn't really mean anything because I've noticed nowadays, like with the players, 
like they'll try like a couple of pushes to try to get back in the game and if those don't work it's just like screw it because a loss is a loss like in the series it's not like that was two two victories for the Cavs I mean it's just one victory they're still down 2-1 so um, the blowout you know I wouldn't, I wouldn't really be tripping off of that too much yeah like Jeff was saying I just think it's on pace when you have two teams uh, that are huge front runners like these two teams whole home court advantage is going to mean more uh, than it normally would and I think that's all it is I think the teams are going to win their home games and and like Jeff said it'll probably end up going seven with Golden State winning I'm just trying to understand does home court mean that much it seems like throughout this playoffs in general whoever was the home team blows out the visiting team like not just by you know like a 15 like it's always like a 25 to 40 point L like what why is the, the playoffs so unbalanced like that you know what I'm saying you would think these are veteran teams that made it to the playoffs because they're really good but when you get at home you yeah. play great and then you play away you play like trash like what is up with that I I think I think um, like I said in this new in this new era like everyone's complaining about you know all these games and this and that and the third and I don't really necessarily know know what goes into that the reason that they're talking about that or complaining about it considering you know all the, the the years before them the players play 82 games but I say that to say like if it is really becoming an issue like that it, it goes into the theory like I said if you go down by 20 and you try to make that first push and let's say you cut it to 15 and they bump it right back up to 20 and then maybe you cut it down like to 13 and then they bump it up again and you can't really cut Dennis. That's like I said. I think after that, team just say, you know what, they got it. You know, uh, particularly like if you were a team that was leading in the series, like, and that seems like that's been the case. Like Toronto had, you know, they had lost those games, like you said, on the road, got blown out. Then they came home, and they they jumped on the team from the from the get go. And so the teams at home are getting these jumps, and the bench players which always traditionally play better at home than they do on the road, they're also uh, doing what they do at, at the team's home uh, court. So, I mean, I, I think the blowout aspect, like I said, is just a matter of a team like trying to come back a couple times and then not being able to do it and just conceding and say, you know, they got this game, like we're not going to waste our energy because it's a series. Like we'll come back next game, start it fresh, and try to stop this bleeding before it starts or before it gets this bad. So I think that's what it, it's a matter of, like, players just preserving themselves. Like, that's they got that game. We got to come back and be ready. We're not going to waste our energy trying to come back from a 25-point deficit. Yeah, I mean, I hear that. But it, to me, it's making the playoffs almost unwatchable at times. Like, when you watch the first two games, by the second quarter, like, I ain't watching this no more. You know what I'm saying? That's turning that's turn Game of Thrones. Because the game is already at hand. And to me, it's it's like the energy level, the way you're playing, you're uncertain when you're away, like your your dribbling's not the same, your passing not the everything looks so much different. And then when you get home, it's like you hit you, you know what I'm saying? You like you take your your spinners like Popeye. Like I don't understand it. The joke don't make sense to me neither. I'm saying this. The thing is is about the home court advantage is that when they come home, they know that they're gonna get calls that they're not getting away. Like, it, it, it's the it's the classic home court advantage. You know what I'm saying? It's in every sport. When you come home, you know, the referee initiative is to give the home team calls. Like, it, it's factored in. 
And that's why, you know what I'm saying? I mean, that's why I, I, I that, 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 that whistles are always going to get favored that way, but that's not the side of the game. Yeah, like, let me tell you. Play, no, listen, you listen, let me finish. Let me finish. Did you watch the game? Yeah, I did you watch the, the game. game. So I did so watch the think, game. You think the way I'm that Golden State came out to play, that the refs, no, 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 that's not that's not what I said. That's not what I said. I said that there is home court advantage and when you when you're playing at home for the home team, you have a battery in your back because you know that this the circumstances are catered to your favor. So you're gonna you're gonna play with the act it doesn't but we're talking about but we're talking about two different things. You're talking about them getting the energy because they're coming home and they know they might have the favorite on a whistle versus like them coming home and the, the the officials basically helping a team win. Like they might have that energy because uh, we're coming home, we're, we're at home, it's our arena, our fans, and traditionally the officials give the advantage uh, to the home team. Like I said, that's that's different than a team than them flat out just blowing a team out, like or the team not being prepared to play. Like I said, the officials played no role in that game. It what I'm saying is, what game. I'm saying is. It's, it's not see people think like okay well they're not helping them win they just got blown out young it's about psyche after I come out of the barbershop I look I feel fresh I feel better or do you want to marginalize me till I'm out of my moment yeah, well, we, it's real life okay so so I'm just saying like I, I mean I think the, the so game you so you mean to tell me you mean to tell I me feel, I feel like the I don't care what your reason and why a team is hype like that's all speculative I think that is more this, so it's the fact not of speculative the that I said no but that's that's down the list of the factors. Like, if you're going to tell me that that factor okay. is higher than that's your home and that's where you live okay. and you play your games with your fans and the rims that you practice at and you shoot way heavily, way uh, higher than uh, or has more weight than the fact that, uh, you know, just they're coming home and they the officials are going to give them the call, then, I mean, I can't agree with that. That's That doesn't make any sense. You ain't got the answers, man. You ain't got the answers. You ain't got the answers. You ain't got the answers, Sway. Kanye. I've been doing this more okay. than you. Right. You ain't got. I mean, you don't have to agree. I'm not asking you to agree. I'm just telling you that the psyche is different when you know that the calls are catering your way. Especially if LeBron James get a call from Stern at at at, at night and say, "Yeah, young, go to the hole." LeBron played a totally different game than he than he played in the first two games. This Batman, he didn't shoot barely any jumpers until the second half. This Batman took everything to the rack. And why do you do that? Why do you take everything to the rack? Because you're more likely to get calls taking everything to the rack. And if I know, if I know that I'm playing at home and that the the calls are going to be catered in my favor, I'm not going to take a lot of jump shots neither. I'm going to go take everything to the rack. I mean, it's evident, and you can. I, I mean, for me, it's clear. I look at game one, I look at game two, and I look at game three. And game three, this Bama LeBron James was taking everything to the rack, everything. And after they had a the game in hand, then he decided to take jumpers. I mean, for me, it just that's clear. I know that when I'm at home, I'm gonna get calls catered to me, so I'm taking everything to the rack because I know I mean, that's my best bet I mean, to be successful. Like, you don't have, Jeff. I, I'm not asking you to think, agree. Think, I'm telling you, I, mean, I, I watched the game. I I'm just saying. I just think that's a lazy way to look at it. You know what I mean? And not think you can call it. You can call it lazy, whatever you want to call it. I'm. I'm saying it to me. It's not lazy. It's it's rational. That's what it is to me. It's rational. That's on the player for choosing not to go. 
go to the basket. That's on Steph Curry for choosing to not be aggressive. That doesn't have nothing to do with What do you mean? Him. I didn't say Steph Curry was not aggressive. I, mean, I didn't say that. I'm to- example. He wasn't, he wasn't aggressive, though. And that has nothing to do with the officials. So I'm saying to you that just because you're on the road and you're But the say, first like, two games, oh, he nah, was... A- I'm going to shoot jumpers because... So, so, you know I mean? so the like, first... I'm on the road and I'm not going to get calls. That's essentially what you're saying. You're telling me that LeBron didn't drive it in Golden State because he wasn't going to get calls. And that he decided no, to drive. No, that's not what I'm saying. What player. I'm saying is there's a clear difference between how he played in the first two games away from home and how he played in, in at, at home. And to me, that signifies that I know. I mean, I played basketball and I played under whistle before. And I know what it is to play away and what it is to play at home. And and to I me, guess, LeBron looked to be more aggressive. Fixed to you, dog. I guess everything stirs orders. The Listen, well, young. To me, it's always going to be stirs orders because it's, it's money involved. Break it up, break it up. I got a question. Have you ever heard of somebody only being injured on the road? Because it seems like Steph Curry is only injured. When they take L's on the road. Like, what are you talking about? Aaron first, Aaron, first of all, like, him That's being a question. hasn't changed. He's asking a but question, I, though. Question. I don't know why you're asking. But, but no Never relax, Jeff. You're going to kill yourself on To me, <laughs> I'm chilling, dog. I'm saying, like, to me, like, that that question is irrelative. It doesn't make any sense because people have... You know, Somebody the critics look have this? come after him for not playing that well. Now, they won the first two games, so it's like... you feel like trash in those games, too. Yeah, like what trash I'm saying is because... Too. I mean, he didn't play like trash in the second game. He didn't play... The first game, he, he didn't play good. And last game, he didn't play good. But the second game, they blew him out, and he just he did what he needed to do. Like, you know what I mean? He had 19, they, they won by 20 or 30, whatever. But my whole point is, like... um. He's, people have come after him, but when your team wins, they're going to come after you, but only with so much. Now, today, like, you know what I mean? Like, from what I've seen and from what I've read, like, like obviously, he rightfully so, he's been, he's been criticized. Because if you're, whether you're healthy or not, if you're on the court, then you're on the court. So it doesn't matter. So my point is, he, he was not 100% in those last three games of the OKC. But that didn't change nothing because you're out there on the court, so you still have to play. So you can't use it as an excuse when you win or when you lose. Like, you lose, and you got to play better. That's the bottom line. So that's that's what I'm saying to you, man. No, no, I, I agree with what you're just saying, but I don't want to hear about him being injured when he loses and then hear about him being God when he scores 40 points. But no one, but that's what I'm win. saying. No one, no, one, no, one said, no one said that. Like, every all the critics today have been uh, been on him. And this is the game they lost. Like I said, they won the other two games. So I'm, and then they obviously had just come off and went in three straight, where he had 31, 31, and 35. Right. So, like, and, and so, like, but like I said, they they went up 2-0 in the series. So I'm saying to you, they lost today. He didn't play well, and he's been getting criticized for it, rightfully so. No, no, I don't have an issue with that. I just have an issue with the, with him being injured when they like hearing about him being injured when they lose. That's what I have an issue with. I don't want to hear about the injury. Bama, if he on the court and he playing, yeah. he ain't injured to me. Because that ain't no 40, excuse. Yeah, is. if you can score it 40, I don't want to hear it. And I mean, and I, I and I mean, I led, I, I led with that. I mean, because that's the reality. I mean, the reality is that he's not 100%, but it's other players that aren't 100%. So if you're on the court, you got to get it done. And that's the bottom line. I mean, you're a superstar. And, and, the, and, the, and, and basically, like, if you're at the top of the league, then and you've won multiple MVPs, which in this case, 
currently, as it stands, the only two people in the league that have won multiple MVPs, well, Duncan's still in the league, but he basically retired, so I'm not even really including him, is Steph and LeBron. Nobody else has multiple MVPs. And so when that's the case, they're going to judge you versus ghosts, so to speak. Some of them are, are, are not alive, and some of them still are. So that's the players that came before you. So you're in the same breath as them, or that's when they, uh, how they want to talk about you, then you get held in the same standards of them, fair or unfair. That's just the reality of the situation. So if you're on the court, you got to get it done. So let me ask this question. Who's winning game four? Who's winning game four? Whoever's at home, I mean, it's just going to go home. Everybody just is going to win their game at home, and then it's just going to go to seven? Yeah, I mean, like I said, I, I picked Golden State in seven. So uh, for the people that picked them at five, they probably expect Golden State to win this game and then finish it off at home. Um, like I said, for me picking seven, I expect the Cavs to hold home court. Yeah, well, well, let me ask this question. What about what about Kevin Love? You know, he was out this game. Him coming back, does that hurt the chemistry? Does that help it? I mean, uh, you know, by Get all... Him out of here. Get him out of here. <laughs> him out of here. He, did, he didn't play, and they won by 30. So, if you bring I back... I think they would have won that game regardless. I mean, I do too, but not for the reasons you, you think. But that's neither here nor there. <laughs> if he's if he comes back, does he does he help them win or this this next game or does he hurt them in this next game? I think I think they should bring him off the bench. Like I think he 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 fits better coming off the bench because he can just basically score. He could he could fill that role and then maybe his D will be yeah, the best it can be. That's a that's a gut that's a gutsy move. That's a uh-huh. <laughs> that's a gutsy <laughs> move, Coach. That's a gutsy move. I don't know how I you mean, get away with that with the media. They going they going to come they, the first the first got, time they out. They, they going to be gotta at, win. They got to win. If they the win, first time out, they going to come with the microphone. We see that you didn't start Kevin Love tonight. Uh, is there a reason why you didn't start him? You know, Do you think you know, that nobody, your chemistry is off? With, you know how them reporters do, dog. But they they I'm not mean, worried about them in them in between quarter jumps. You crazy? What NBA you don't you be watching? They be no, asking these coaches the these coaches. questions. I'm talk I'm talking about the coaches ain't worried about what they they be asking or answering. They don't uh, even really give the full. They're not telling uh, in game strategies. I mean, it ain't no, really, I'm not saying they like telling in game strategies, but but to not start Kevin Love is a big a big switch up a big adjustment and you gotta almost know off break that's gonna be one of their question line of questioning so you think so you think the coach is worried about winning or that or or what questions the media is gonna ask I mean Jeff we we see it all the time this is professional sports the coach is not always worried about you didn't no I think I think I think it all I think it's all on the table I think yes. You if think, he, so to, you think the, I think you think the coach is worried about the question that the media member is going to ask versus preparing his team, whatever he thinks the best way to win is. is. Yeah, I'm, I, I guarantee that's a part. I'm, I guarantee that's a part of the, the a part of his thinking process. Like, yeah, I want to make this change, but if I make this change, then I got to fill these questions. So maybe I might not want to do that. And it might not just be the questions from the media. I mean, young, 
we watch sports we analyze it i mean the media you know all everybody analyze it but it may be his team doing the analyzing you know what i'm saying they may catch one of the players especially if they go into the game like you said if they make the adjustment they gotta win because if you lose they're gonna be asking the players like do you think it do you think it hurt the team or helped the team to not have kevin love out there like you know what i'm saying and then that puts an indictment on teron lou and if he want a job after this he better get it right the first time like that's that's a for me as a if if this is my first time being a head coach of a team like this that is a gussy move like that's a high risk high reward move i'd rather just play the bama and start him and then maybe go to my bench early because then that at least that at least saves face with him being a starter or whatever because I mean, they might i mean he they might they might do that he might do that i mean but the question is you asked me what i would do i said i would bring him off the bench you know, but who might do what you're talking about? He might start him because he's a hundred ten million dollar man, and uh, you know, part of the quote unquote big three. And um, you know, like you said, for his psyche, like he might start him, but as soon as he ain't playing no D and Draymond cooking him again, then you know he gonna be on the bench. That's why <laughs> they'd be better off starting uh, him. It's it's only for a couple games. The whole thing is about matchups. That's what the NBA is about. So just because you're st- you you feel like Richard Jeff starting Richard Jefferson gives your team a better chance to get jump started doesn't mean that you know uh, you're done with Kevin Love. It just means this is better. Like when Iggy moved into the starting lineup uh, for the last two games of that uh, you know OKC series, it's because Steve Kerr wanted Iggy on KD off the break. Like he didn't want him to get into any rhythm uh, against Barnes or whoever would have been checking him. Like he wanted Iggy on him. So he off the brick As soon as he bring it over the court Off the tip You already know what time it is And so I feel like that defensive intensity um, That the Cavs play with uh, With Jefferson in there Would be better than starting with Love But I mean like you said they, They'll they probably start him And if and he'll have the short he'll have the short leash <clears throat> When I look at it I think the biggest problem Like you said is matchups to go you ain't got the answers, man. You ain't got the answers. You a bum. Defensive end. Can't guard Draymond when they switch on the pick and roll and make him guard like Clay or uh, Steph Curry. He gets fried. What? So he he really has nobody to guard. Oh, what are you talking about, man? The defensive end, and it's a struggle for the team. And then what ends up happening is you get wide open shots, like you got in game two for like Draymond, or you get you know, in the way they got blown out in game one and two. So you. At the end of the day, if you if you're Tyron Lue and you're in the the championship and you saw a formula that worked, to me he has to try it again, you know. And then if it doesn't work, then you can try to go to Love. But to me, I would I would stick with maybe Love coming off the bench and maybe have him in the game when Draymond's not in the game because he can't guard him. He's letting Draymond get way too much confidence and shooting threes and, you know, and doing everything else. He's not out-rebounding anybody. So I, I would I would definitely bring him off the bench, I think, and, and have... It sounds crazy because Richard Jefferson seems so old to me. You know what I'm saying? saying yeah, that Bama ancient, though. That Bama been around he 35. 10 plus he's 35. But his legs look fresh, though. I mean, his legs still yeah, look fresh. Do. They do. They do. He still be jumping, too. So I, I could see, you know, some, like you said, you just got to you gotta play the matchups. And, yeah, you got to. And then you, you you, at, to. This, at this stage in the game, you can't worry about the other things because you want to win the chip at the end of the day. 
and you're gonna if you're just gonna play Kevin Love but he makes such and such money then you lose and then that's it then you may not get that chance again well granted that LeBron's been to so many finals in a row so you probably will but he may LeBron, not LeBron LeBron the coach it depend on it depend on it depend on what uh what what uh happens with the injuries in Miami and what KD do but but yeah you're right it's definitely set up for LeBron to be right back there again right back there right back there so I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens I mean he's just getting tossed around too much in this in this series I I don't know to me he's kind of like curled up in the shell a little bit he's not playing physical you know Richard Jefferson's kind of old school a little bit at his age he's been in the league for so long now he's not really he doesn't shy away from yeah, the contact he was out there being playing scrappy too yeah, Richard exactly. Jefferson was playing scrappy exactly so I, that's the problem with Kevin Love he really hasn't done that because he doesn't have the mismatches he had in the Eastern Conference where he was just like bigger than everybody at his position. He was basically taking everybody to the post. He would shoot. And now he doesn't have that advantage. And now I can see him not playing the same way with that same type of energy that he once did through the Eastern Conference. So I, I would bring him off the bench, man. Well, they gone. They, that's the question they got to figure out. What would Aaron do? Aaron would cut Kevin Love tonight. Get him out of here. He's, <laughs> <laughs> He's a loser. That's, that's, that's for the all-season, man. That's for the all-season, man. I would bury him on the bench. I would I would do like they did. <laughs> fake the concussion for three weeks till the series is over and then get him out of here. <laughs> He'd do the RG3 joint. <laughs> I don't, Dang, I, understand. Yeah. I don't understand why Bama's be killing Kevin Love. Like, it's just because of the mommy. He averaged 15 and 10 as the third man. Because the Bama is. Games. And if he, you know, and we both, and we all know, look, let, let me, let me just say, like, over 82 games, he averaged 15 and 10 as the third man. And we know that if he was the number two, that those numbers would be, would be better. So, it's not his numbers. It's, it's not his numbers, though. He's a loser. It's, it's not his it's numbers. It's really his defense. It's his defense that makes defense he would be on the court. Let me tell you turn, something, yeah. Like he he would even he probably he probably would even score more if he played defense, but he so you can't have him on the court. So that's the issue. So his You know you know You know like when you you know like when you mix like milk, eggs, butter, sugar together, and then you just Swirl it around and mix it up like you baking a cake. That's a bad. That's dish. Kevin Love, dog. Batman is soft. He's soft batter. <laughs> and, and at the end of the you day, you know he can he can shoot. He can you know, but the Batman's soft, young. That little but you little realize, little bump really, to the back of his head, young. Come on, man, realize, Jeff. Nah, Harold, he, Harold, that was an elbow really, to the back of the head. Yeah, that was oh, that like, little baby like, little Ike bite. Like everybody, Harold, everybody <laughs> come on, man. Like Harold, every everybody to you, dog. Like like them Bamas is like robots, dog. Like I swear, like anybody in professional sports is like a robot. Like to you, like they can't they can't ever make no mistakes. They can't, no, dog. Nah, nah, right? Because I'm saying like. You realize yeah, I, I just I just come from a new era, his though. Roles, his roles have his roles have changed. Just like how Boss was shoot had to be a shooter. When you play with LeBron, you don't really get that post back. You realize he played in the post mostly all the time with Minnesota. I mean, he could right. step out and shoot the three. No, he, he got he bumped in the back of his so wig, and the Bama missed like, the game. Oh, it's elbows that have split Bama's heads wide open, huh? <laughs> like, this like, ain't one split. 
That baby hit when you spit. That baby was laying on the ground. He was laying on the ground like he was in a car accident. Like he crawled out of the car of a car accident. Did you all hear that he not? This is what I'm saying. Like, I think people just unfairly pick. Was he stuttering? That he wanted to go in. He wanted to go in the game. He wanted to play, and they wouldn't let him. So then, in turn, oh like if that, or do you want to marginalize me till I'm out of my Maybe moment? Maybe that's what I was what talking about. They didn't want him on the court. Yeah, but they that's not because he is like now. But I'm just saying, though, if you're going to be fair about what you're reporting, that's not because of him. Not because so you're saying he's soft and he don't want to do this. The team might not want him. That's a different story. That's a different argument. But I don't think he's him, soft. I think he's sorry. Harold think he's soft. I think I mean, he's so. He's sorry. You a bum. He's a loser. Uh, like I don't, no, I don't his... understand. Like I don't understand. Like what y'all be watching, though. Y'all expectations for some of these. Everybody's not gonna be LeBron, or everybody's not gonna be whoever the top notch player is. That don't make him sorry. Like that. Like that's ridiculous. Like he's the third no. option on the team. He's a sorry Max player. And Kyrie and Kyrie and LeBron <laughs> both pounding the ball. And Kyrie and LeBron both pound the ball. And Kevin Love's not a max player. He's he's just he was he's asking barely, for max money. I mean, but he didn't get. They, they were talking about him that. being a right. But I'm saying but when they you're they in the conversation, that, right? He, he was in the league six though. years in Minnesota. Didn't see the play. He's a loser. So maybe I won't use sorry. He, I'll just say he he's is, a loser. He is. I mean, he's he, a has, loser. he has been a lo- he has been a loser. So is yeah. Irvin. Yeah. Like All if they lose this series, this actually be. Yeah, if this if they lose this series, this would actually be their first series loss because because uh, Love went out in the first round and then of course Kyrie went out in the finals. So this would actually be their first like time losing in the playoffs, even because Thanks they haven't who? even experienced. Thanks to who? Not them. I mean LeBron. Obviously LeBron got him there. Oh, okay. Not three. Not four. Not five. Not six. Yeah. Yeah, so sure, them Bamas would have even made the playoffs if LeBron wasn't on their team, though. They they would they wouldn't, but that's an indictment on them. We've had this conversation before. Yeah, so. you're right, you're right. We're not gonna go back yeah. down that jump. We're not gonna yeah. go back down. Moving ahead, young. I thought we was done with the with the with the guns. You know what I'm saying? Guns, illegal guns, and gun busting. But a key to lead. <laughs> well, it's reported. Well, they don't even know what happened because the Bama's being tight-lipped about it. But he got shot in his thigh, and the jump went through his calf, but it didn't hit no arteries or nothing. And the, he was in a club in Texas or something like that. A whole bunch of, like, convolution around the whole situation. But come on, man. Like, what is you doing? Big fella, what is you he, doing? Uh, he did the Plesco Burns jump when he shot himself with the sweatpants on and a gun slipped from the jawstring and bust him in his leg, and then that's when this giant season tanked that year in 2008. Like, he did the same exact thing. To me, it's never a good... Players, guns, and clubs don't go together. I'm sorry. It's so, always so a mess. So We're fans, guns, and clubs. It's a recipe yeah, for even disaster. Sound right. that, that, that sound bad as, like, yeah, like, when you hear it, it's as bad as... <laughs> but, uh, so he shot himself? Yeah. Well, well the, the thing is that they, 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 the this type of wound and how it was inflicted, it, it like, you know, I got the quotation marks, uh, but it deems like a self-inflicted wound because of where it hit his thigh and like how it went through his calf or whatever. So it looks to be like a self-inflicted wound, but they just don't have the details and know they're doing an investigation. But I mean, you know, he not even saying what happened, like. Obama's just staying quiet. 
I just don't understand how you shoot like how come on man come on they, what are you doing they they in there with the safety off for one which is suspect I mean but then two I mean I don't understand why if you're the the the, the I guess the star of your circle uh, or celebrity of your circle like why you're the one that's always carrying the hammer like I, I don't understand that like shouldn't if that's going to be the case shouldn't your mans have that like why why are you the one especially when you're an athlete like I mean, I, I, it could maybe make a little more sense if you like a celebrity rapper and you come from that life, then you probably gonna have your own. But if you an athlete, like, why are you the one with the hammer? Because to some bammers, it's like the new pair of Jordans. They want to be cool, the bammer with the strap on. It's <laughs> <laughs> the truth. Yeah, you. Oh man, the bammers go in power when they got that pistol on their waist, bro. They feel like and it might, it might have been his man's jump. He was like, "Yeah, let me hold that jump in case somebody <laughs> wants to take it." I got <laughs> and oh, young and about to mess up his money, all that because he wants stunt. See, he was ridiculous he though. Already, he already got paid, so yeah, he got he paid. Yeah, he did, but he about to jeopardize his whole career. You don't your money. They'll take your money uh, back and shoot yourself. It's not the NBA. Like, it's not, I mean, like, if something like nah, that happens. But that, we, we don't know. We don't know what's in the contract. That, that, that probably ain't no contract. No no player in their right mind, especially if they come, depending upon their background, going to sign a joint that say, if I shoot myself in the leg or something. But it's not like Nah, that. but if they like, say you un, are you physically unable to perform, like. Right. That Yeah, you, but what I'm saying is any of those type of accidents, no player is going to put those in the contract. And those are the type of things that the players uh, union fight against. But this is the thing, though. Jail jail, jail time, though. Like, if you get convicted of a crime, like Ray Rice, he was in the contract. And that Bama, after that, that haymaker in the elevator, that Bama, they, they drop everything. But 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 he didn't get it. Like, they don't, they don't uh, get back guaranteed money, though. Nah, nah, nah. I mean, this guaranteed money he got. But I'm talking about his contract. Football, oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, they might could cut him. Huh? Injuries that are not football related, they do get money back. It's been done before. That's only that's only if it's in the contract. That's what I'm trying to tell you. And most smart agents or players aren't gonna allow allow that to be in the contract. Like if you get in a car, like if something was to happen, they're not responsible for all of that money. You'll still get a portion of it, but like the NFL contracts aren't that different per player. The stuff that they sign, most of it is kind of consistent throughout. And that's one of the things, like those injuries and stuff that happens away from the field, where if you get if you they don't out money. playing ball, you out right. shooting hoops. They not because they're not allowed to do a lot of stuff, yeah. They're not allowed to do a lot of stuff. Like they can't play recreation. That's just not true, man. No, it is true, though. I'm about to tell I'm about to tell you how true it is, Jeff. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm about to tell you how true it is. To to constantly played in celebrity basketball games. Randy Moss played, and this is why they were players, like. You know, we've heard of players no, playing I'm, I'm, in these type I'm, of things and pick up games and, and so on and so forth. And then listen, but you're not gonna, listen, and listen, listen, those pickup games and those stuff, they got to get authorized to play in them jumps. They can't just play whatever jumps they want to play and just be like, oh, yeah, I'm playing. Because if they do get hurt, like I said, that jump can't mess gonna, up the money. I'm not going to go. I'm not going to go back and forth on this, y'all, because like I said, it's, it's no point unless you have a contract. Each I know, no, no. I have a creditable source. I have a creditable source. Like my whole thing is, everybody's contracts aren't the same. Like with incentives, and this, it's not set up like the NBA, where if you're in the fifth year, this is the deal you get. If you're in the third year, this is the deal you get. So ten years, this is the year. Everybody, the football, they even though they have that new CBA, that's more 
based off of like rookies coming in, not necessarily veterans in the league. So all I'm saying is every player that has those stipulations in their contract uh, doesn't mean the next player has them as well. And so y'all, it's like y'all are trying to argue to me that all of the players have all of that same contract. And I'm saying that's not true. I'm not well, saying they all had the same contract. Yeah. I'm just saying if you out there lunching and you doing extracurricular activities, that don't can't mess your money up. Yeah, I mean, that that is true. It can't mess your money up. And and also, too, just to put it in perspective, I just went and I looked uh, at Tlaib's contract. So this year, he's he has a guarantee money of $11.5 million, So if they were to cut him, I think really what it comes down to is how bad this injury is, if he's able to play still um, after, you know, he got shot. So if he can still play, he'll probably get his money. He may, it may be like a thing with... Um, kind of like what happened with Pierre Paul where they, they may not pay him for the games he doesn't play and only pay him for the games that he does play. Um, I don't know. They they can work something out like that because it, it, it happened outside of football. But then after that, next year, he's only he's only um, guaranteed $3 million for the next three seasons. So they can yeah, easily cut ties with him after this year if they, you know what I'm saying, because he's not really owed a whole lot of money. Well, and, you know, uh, he, has, that, he has a cap hit of $12 million per season. After yeah, that. yeah, and I was going to say, like, you you know, like, the guaranteed money on contracts is typically front-loaded. So, obviously, he's coming to the back the back end of that contract would be... Right, he's in the middle of it right now. Yeah, so they probably, uh, they, they could, like you said, depending upon how he plays, they might they might definitely cut him um, after this season if, if he's affected by it. I mean, they might do it anyway, depending, but, you know depending on, like you said, with cap and everything else. But um, you never know, especially with the way that the, the Broncos are starting to operate. Like, them Bamas be operating like like uh, the, the Pats out this year. Speaking of, speaking of contracts and speaking of the Broncos, $114 million contract they were trying to offer Von Miller. He said, hold on, champ. So... I don't know what what's going on. Aaron, you got details on that contract and why he not he not signing the bread or signing that uh, the contract? Because you know they do the backloaded funny business. Or is the guaranteed money that's not right or what? The, the guaranteed money. And the the guaranteed money. Contract. The thing is though, I don't even like that they be putting this out on the media because it almost seems like he's stupid for not taking a contract when. There's a whole bunch of stuff that go to the, go it goes into the contract because they put this general NFL network like like you know why wouldn't Von Miller like take this contract you know what I'm saying like rejects it 114 million you know what I'm saying like it's like like he's an idiot or something like that no does anybody know what the the guarantee money was what was he offered in terms of guarantee he's money nuts. <laughs> got he <laughs> got he <laughs> They were saying thirty-nine million and some change. Oh, that, that's a disrespect. That's what? Disrespect. That disrespect. <laughs> I wouldn't. They tried, they tried tried oh, I'm out, man. The, the one fourteen is fluff. That ain't. That ain't nothing. That's not yeah, money. He might get. He, he might get fifty of that. that. He might get fifty of that one fourteen. What they were saying it is probably, it probably would be more than that, but yeah. What you know how they say the NFL contracts are basically whatever the first three years are. And then, like, right. for example, with Drew Brees, where he's about to make, like, 30 or $35 million this year because it's backloaded, he wants to make sure that that average, which is 19-point-something million, that he averages that 19 over the first three years of the contract. So it's not like he get $8 million this year, 15 next year, and then at the end of the contract, he get, like, 35 But he'll never really see that money. You see what I'm saying? So that's right. what he's yeah. uh, arguing over. Right, now. yeah. 
Plus two, Olivia Vernon, the Giants signed him, and he got 52 guarantee, which is still insane right. to me. But <laughs> the bottom line, the, at the end of the day, he's a defensive player that plays on the D line. So he's he plays in a similar position as Von Miller, and he got he gets more money than Von Miller, who pretty much was the MVP in my opinion of the Super Bowl. How do you right. how do you how do you not pay him more than this thirty nine million dollars guarantee and, and expect and him to sign? On top of that, and on top of that, when you look at all of the uh, the defensive players who have recently gotten paid, like I think Suze is like fifty nine, fifty nine. Um, maybe Darius is, is like sixty uh, million. And then you got like uh, what uh, Houston from uh, the Chiefs and JJ Watt. There's I think 53 to 55 guarantee somewhere in that range. And so and then you're gonna come to me at 39, like yeah, I'm an idiot or my agent's an idiot. Yeah, idiot. come on. Don't listen to yeah, this. I got to, I got to sit out. I got to, I'm being a, a hot tub. Y'all call me when y'all <laughs> y'all ready to talk real money. Cause that, yeah, that's that reminds, that's cold disrespect. That reminds me, did, did, did any of y'all watch Ballers on HBO? Yeah. Like, like the whole, like, it was pretty funny. Like them, them going through the whole contract dispute and and um and that battle, you know, kind of being worried the whole time. So like, it's just funny, like to kind of see them portray like like that because you know similar like to some of their lives and you know what they they uh, how they live and stuff like that and worrying and so on and so forth but like miller like obviously he shouldn't be worried because somebody's gonna pay him even if it, it wasn't the broncos so um, i mean that's the that's the thing i mean shoot malik jackson who was on that same defensive he played what d tackle he was a rotational defensive tackle uh, with Denver last year, he got forty-two million dollars guaranteed money with mm. the Jaguars. So there's no way in your right mind you can offer him thirty-nine million dollars that he's gonna take it and try to make it look fun with the one fourteen in front of it. Like he he knows better than that. So does his agent. And the Broncos now are in a spot where they can be one of the. They're not gonna be nowhere near as good as last year because they lost so many pieces. They need to sign Von Miller. Like they have to get him. And they got to stop playing around. They need to just go ahead and sign them. They already don't have a, the best quarterback situation there. Uh, they they lost Malik Jackson. They lost Trevathan. They lost to leave to you know you know getting shot in the club. You know players clubs and guns don't go together. It's just there's so many pieces that are leaving that they need to sign him for continuity purposes because it's just got too many holes to fill now in terms of on their defense, which was so great last year. And uh, they got to offer that man at least fifty something million dollars guaranteed. Bottom line, I don't know what JJ Watt got guaranteed with his contract. Yeah, it was in the it's in the fifties. Like yeah, they got. Uh, yeah, just get that man a blank check, dog. Because I mean, he's considered <laughs> the best best pass rusher on one of the best in the league, if not the best in the league. And like you said, he was the MVP of the Super Bowl. And right now, your team. Well, that, if Von Miller sit out and not playing, yeah, you can just go ahead wrap it up. You be picking in the top ten next year, um, Elway. So hey, give him the money, man. Give him the money. He he's earned it. He deserves it. I mean, and to me, he's like one of those players, and his skill set is he'll be around for for years to come. Like you know what I'm saying? He he's a productive player, um, but. Psh, they ain't nobody was launching though. They launching with that low ball jump. 
Low ball. Uh, what else? RG3 breaking windows to prove he's coachable. I mean, did y'all hear what Jim Brown said about RG3? No, I heard it. He was just like, uh, he was just like RG3, like he was happy when they brought him to the, you know what I'm saying, to the Browns organization. And like, uh, Jeff, you might have, you, this is one thing we do agree on now. I, 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 I'm sold now. But uh, the Browns going to be all right, though. The Browns going to be all right. Because uh, word on the street is that, <laughs> word on the street is that, that uh, Hugh Jackson taking lemons and making lemonade out that joint, dog. <laughs> like, like the whole, like, it's different. That's what they saying. Everybody saying, you know, and I trust, I trust uh, Jim Brown because Jim Brown, you know what I'm saying? He's from that, that era of Muhammad Ali. He just call it like he see it. And he don't hold no punches because last year he was just carrying the organization and was just like not showing up, nothing. So to hear him talk favorably about Hugh Jackson and, you know, the how how the Browns are looking and different things like that, I, I mean, I, I like what he got to say, man. I think they're going to be all right. <laughs> so I guess I'm not on the island no more. You're not on the island, dog. Browns in 2017, 16 man, I, I Browns. Wanted, I, wanted, I, wanted to, I wanted to be on that island, like I told, I told yeah. y'all. So, yeah. yeah, he remembered in somebody's face. That's all that was. Like, yeah, yeah. I told y'all. That, that. <laughs> <laughs> now, if these babbers go 4-12, and 12, I didn't, I wasn't on that bandwagon. I said that these babbers is going to be some trash. It's like, no. Nah. <laughs> I mean, here's the thing. I didn't put like it on the first year. I just said he was going to turn the organization around. So I mean, what did he sign a three year deal? So yeah, you can you can expect that by by that third year that they'll be competing. Okay, so what do you think? Okay, so with that being said, cause now I think you backtracking a little. You backpedaling. I'm not right backtracking. Like I, 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 okay. I would. I, why would I make a plock a proclamation that they would be win ten games or nine games or whatever next year when? They'll have a new quarterback. They lost. So I just say he's going to turn. See, we can okay. we could go back and look at listen to the joint. I say he's going to turn turn it around. I, okay. I didn't say it would be the first year. Okay. Yeah. So what what do you think it will be next year then? Like in terms of is that in year two? No, year one. Like this coming season. What do you think? Um, in terms? I, I think I think what what did they win last year? You know, by chain was it two uh, games, three games, four games, four games. Okay. Yeah. So I think four, I think that. Them being uh, what was that? So that's four and twelve. I think they'll probably be no. They was three. They won three games last year. Three, three games. So, yeah, three and okay, so all right. So so yeah. So I, I was gonna say anyway. They they be no better than six and ten. So I think like okay. you know um, you know five five and um, five and eleven or six and ten okay. in this first year, and then you know changing it gradually. Like I think second year you're looking at. Maybe no better than seven and nine somewhere in the range, and then the third year, that's when you, then, then you're looking at, like I said, either eight and eight on up, and that's still a turnaround because they've been sorry for decades. If he if he go like that, he won't make it to the third year. They ain't gonna bring him on a on a uh, limping limping contract. He oh, gotta nah, go, nah. and then he'll get the extension too, because that's that's what he that's what like I said, he's gonna turn it around. So with that comes an extension. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I got eight and eight. I'm gonna just jump out there. Eight well, and eight this year. Eight and eight. Okay. This, this year. year. Eight this and year. eight. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Or I'm sorry. Yeah, this year coming up. Yeah. This year, eight and eight. Mm-hmm. They going. They going turn the whole jump. Bama's gonna be shot. 
Well, it will be better than the Ravens. Huh, okay. The Ravens are not that great, though. They're not that <laughs> good, but I'm just saying. <laughs> but if you leave, if you leave, if you leave that like, good, like they would jump some, jump and survive for real. <laughs> <laughs> uh, nah, so so as we, we get coming down to the end of our show, the last y'all had on tap was the, uh, there was this uh, pro football focus. They came out with this article basically ranking the secondaries uh, for for this upcoming season. And young, whoever wrote this article, and like from my opinion, my estimation, they're they're a Redskins fan. Because the Jones is so biased right now. They got Denver Broncos as the, the number one rated secondary with a key to lead Chris Harris, Bradley Roby. Um, because they just they all use they only use the top three from each team. And Denver Broncos, they don't don't get it twisted. I think that they I do believe that they should be in the top top five. I don't really have that much of a problem with that if you want to put them at one. No argument there. Then they got Arizona Cardinals with Patrick Peterson, Justin Bethel, and then Tyron Matthew. But Tyron Matthew's not even a third cornerback. He's a safety. So I don't even know, you know, why they put them second. But if you want to put the Cardinals two, okay, so be it. But then you got the Washington Redskins at three with Josh Norman, Bashar Breeland, and Quentin Dumbo. Boy, if you don't get I'm Bruh. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Quentin Dunbar. They ain't even put D'Angelo Hall. I'm saying if you're going to put Tyron Matthew, you might as well put D'Angelo Hall or somebody like that. But Matthew was a, they, Matthew was a reach. That was a reach putting Matthew in there. He is, it he's was a, a reach. He's a DB, but not a cornerback. So that's, But they said secondary, not corners, hey, right? No, they say corners. This is corner. These are corners. It's just corners. I thought you said secondary. Oh, nah, yeah. I, these, no, are, these are just the top three corners for the East team. They rated them, and then they put the Washington Redskins at three, which is a bold face. Like these guys like lunch. Brilliant. I like Brilliant too. But see, I'm with I'm I'm with Aaron from the standpoint that I, I need I need to understand or know what the verbiage of the topic was. Was it the best secondaries in the league? No, the best corner. Right. The best corners. The best corner. The title of the article. It says cornerbacks. Yeah. Oh yeah. It, it does say corner. Yeah. Okay. Then, cornerbacks. Yeah, right. So so you got them at three. Then after them you got New England Patriots. Come on, man. Then the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, you can't put teams that didn't even win, didn't even go to the like. I know this this is a projection for this year. What you know, what cornerback tandems you think is going to be the best? But still, if the Bamas ain't even win nine games, you can't be putting them as the like. No teams be turning around like that. They got the you Bills at five. Seattle? Did you name Seattle when that? No, Seattle. Let me tell you, Seattle's at ten. That's yeah. ridiculous. Damn. They, they put them at 10. First of all, they got the Packers over Boy, the Boy, if you don't what get... Y'all? No. These secondaries is garbage. Like, I mean, okay, Houston Texans, they should be a top 10 because just, just by cornerback recognition, they're they're decent. You know what I'm saying? Minnesota should be way higher. Minnesota should be three, in my opinion, with no. Xavier Rose, Terrence Newman, no. and Captain Merlin. Terrence Mundlin. Newman no. and Captain Mundlin. I no. thought Mundlin was a safety man. He's still a corner? That, that's yeah, what I'm saying. The, the, the zone is yeah, flawed they because they had a lot of safeties in this little list. They got too many safeties in here. It's flawed. They, they're saying corners in the article, but they're listing <laughs> safeties. This is What's the name of the person that wrote the article? The, oh, see? Ben Stockwell. Okay. Conversation though. <laughs> <laughs> hey, no. Right, the difference between a safety and a corner. He's right, though. No. It's slow news cycle time. 
Basketball about to be over. They recently, recently, recently <laughs> saw, he saw DB and thought there was a cornerback. That's what he's about. Yeah, nah, he definitely put DB. He put, he put, he definitely put, because he got, for Jaguars, he got Jalen Ramsey. Jalen Ramsey ain't no corner. Yeah, it's yeah, these lunch. Cleveland Brown should be higher. Joe Hayden, Tremont Williams, he got him at 16. But this is this is the kicker. This is the jump really going. Don't forget about Darrell Reeves busted screen the New York Jets at 18. Forget about that. Forget about the Kansas City, all them big corners they got yeah, on 18. Got forget it. Forget yeah, forget all about them. Cause they all not even in the top 10. This is the jump. I was like, go ahead, dog. Like, this is how I knew it was a Redskins fan who wrote the jump. <laughs> This this was the tipper that let me know there was a Redskins fan who wrote the jump. Cause I was like, oh yeah, this Bama's a homer, gotta be. The Bama put the Carolina Panthers at 32 with Robert McClain, James Bradbury, and Benet Bewelker. Hell no, to the no, no, no. Carry, Bewelker. What? Now I don't know these Bama's from Adam and Eve, but what I do know, you're right. I don't know these Bamas. I couldn't even, if I seen them at CBS, I wouldn't know these Bamas in the league. But what I do know is these Bamas just won, they were in the Super Bowl. And I don't care what's going on with your squad. You're not going to go to the 32nd secondary after just being in the, in the Super Bowl. And, and don't get it twisted. I know Josh Norman is a great, makes a great impact on your secondary, whatever, whatever. But young, come on. Before Josh Nor- Norman was dead, like nobody knew the secondary of the Carolina Panthers. You know what I'm saying? Like he emerged. So to put them Bamas at 32 was just like, basically because they lost Josh Norman, now they the worst secondary in the league. And to me, that spells funny business. That's all I got to say yeah, about the, that. The best, yeah, the best cornerback that the Panthers had before Norman was uh, Chris Gamble. I mean, I, I couldn't really tell you too much about their cornerback play. Um, but that's before the D coordinator got there, yeah. I know what you mean, yeah. Chris yeah. Gamble was, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But other than that, I mean, like you said, it was Norman. So, I mean, that's just from the standpoint that, first of all, like you, you already said, the rest, what the rest of his list looks like. And so then when you factor in that, this is from the standpoint that he don't he don't know them guys. And neither do a lot of people. So he just he probably feel more comfortable putting them down there and say, prove it to me, like prove it versus like bumping them up when he haven't even heard of these guys. But no, but this is the thing, you could go through the list though, Jeff, and I, I could name some Bamas on some teams, you wanna know them guys neither. And they could be just as well at thirty two. Like you know what I'm saying? I mean the, the My Cowboys thing is Rank right. The Cowboys are twenty-seven. That's the best thing about the whole list. They had the bottom. It's accurate. That's accurate. That's like me writing an article about giving birth. It's like certain stuff people should just leave it out. <laughs> if you don't know, you know what I mean. The guys whose names we don't know. If you're gonna write that article, you should have done the research, or at least be a person in the know to be able to do that. That's something a scout maybe should be doing. But see the problem is Joe Blow. Yeah. Nah, I'm saying you right. You right. I'm saying the problem with it is, you know, in this new day and age of society, like you don't have to do all the things that you said about. Like you can be uh, nobody and you can write just some controversial uh, stuff and it'll give you a big following or, or whatever, make a big story. But I mean, if that's what your career is gonna be like, you're not gonna have much of one. And but like I said, like you don't really need the integrity or do your checks and balances or all the things that you know people did back in the day. 
And so that's kind of what it is. I mean, you can write pay, uh, pieces verse, uh, based off of opinion to get a reaction, like because at the end of the day, that's his his opinion. Let me let me let me tell you who should be 32. I got it right here. I found him. The New Orleans Saints secondary should be 32. Got he. <laughs> in his article. Got it. That's fact. Cause I don't know none of these Bamas and these Bamas got cooked all year long. Last year, though, wow. Last year, these Bamas had the worst defense almost at in the whole all time. So the fact that these Bamas are twenty one, which puts them above all these other teams, boy, if you don't, get- it's ridiculous, though. And that just goes to show this Bama does not know what he's talking about. He just sh- just putting teams in a hat and just took out the Redskins and put them at three and then just put the rest of the Bamas. Like, come on, man. Dude, get this dude out of here, man. Let me see. What Bama credentials at? I need to get them to snatch. What's about Ben Stockwell? Get him out of here, dog. Ridiculous. I ain't even gonna waste no more time on it. Uh, you say so as you heard the name. <laughs> I do. It's just some people that talk about football. That's it. This this yeah, right here. No. Yeah, but at least let's be obje- like, you know what I'm saying? Objective. Like don't don't try to like put your mob in the jump. Like even if I was writing an article, I try to like at least I mean, of course I'm a Skins fan and I, and I No 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 I don't hate dog. I'm just a realist. <laughs> Like, you know what I'm saying? I mean like if a Bama shape up messed up, a Bama shape up messed up. I don't try to tell him like like, yeah, you're gonna get Joe Sharp. No, your shape up is crooked. It just, just is what it is. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, hate, hate's a strong word. Like, probably pessimistic would be a better. better okay, nah, that's fair. I give you that, young. Yeah. I give you that. But, well, young. Yeah, yeah. DC fanitis. It's like all DC yeah. fans have this automatic <laughs> pessimism about everything. Yeah. The sky's falling. Yeah. Man, man, don't like, I don't know. Yeah, like, he's like, y'all about to be so great. I mean, I don't know. Look, like, I, I'm not sold. <laughs> if I was writing an article, I'd have put the scans at about, like, 10, 11. You know what I'm saying? That's good, considering. Because last year, our secondary was not top 10. It was, like, it was you know, terrible, top right? 20. Top, you know what I'm saying? We was in the 32 to 20 range somewhere in there. Okay. So, to move up to 10, that's a significant jump. And I think Josh Norman does that for our team. So, that's a fair like, but but three three come on dog three over the Seattle Seahawks who bust our head every time we play them and like where, I just where, where's the writer where's he do you like like I know Aaron asked the credentials where is he from at least is he from like around the area like you say I'm, I'm I am curious if if he is a skin fan. Well, let's see. Let me see this, y'all. Best. Yeah, I can't even find nothing about if he, this guy. If he, if he from, if he from anywhere on the East Coast. Oh man, he's look at his picture. Get him out of here. <laughs> 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 oh yeah, get him out of here, dog. Get this guy out of here. Where, so where you from, man? We done gave this baby too much sign, though, already, <laughs> y'all. Get this guy out of here. Of you, you don't need to see. You said where? I don't know where this Bama from, dog. He ain't even got a Wikipedia. Nobody writing about this Bama nothing. They don't even care. Like, so hold on. He he, put he out, just he came up. Articles, and, and, article. and he don't even have a Wikipedia? He about to now. Nah, dog. Yeah, he about to now, dog. Yeah, man. This is You know how this, Joan. This is the, uh, a friend of a friend of a buddy, you know what I'm saying, who knows somebody and had him, Joan, you know, yeah, young, talk about my article, please. Okay, all right, I got you, man. This is your funny business, man. Get this dude out of here. I don't know no football, man. Ah, that's 
We down to the end, man. What's going on, man? You going to hoop tonight? We hooping? You ain't playing no ball, Harold. Right. <laughs> I'm trying to get out there, young. I'm, 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 I'm trying to play while I still can before my knees buckle and die. Already I'm trying to get it in. <laughs> it's about that time. I'll be back outside hooping in a minute, young. The weather's starting to cheer up. That's a big that black to the emergency room. I don't, I don't, bro. I don't hoop. I do not hoop on asphalt no more. I'm too old for that, bro. <laughs> you, and you, you, yeah, you asking to tear up your knee or something, right, like that, bro. Right. Like, like, come on. Y'all can follow us at BLK Sports 980 uh, on Instagram, on Twitter. Um, you know, go leave us a review, iTunes, we on. And that's it, man. That's our show. Shut up! Give me a turn to speak! Fine, see? You do that to me. How does it feel? How does it feel to be told to shut up? We've talked about Let me speak! <laughs>